0: And we're back. It's another episode of St James's Pod, and we're all back in attendance tonight. We've got Thomas Page, Alex Dawson, Pete Ward, and myself, Sam. How you doing, boys?
1: All good, mate. Yeah, Yourself, Danny. It's,
2: Ganny. Uh,
0: Ganny. it's uh, good to see you back. Pete. missed you last week.
1: I. Um, I'm I'll just at little call of emergency. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> we'll get your
0: um, your take from from before the game last week before we get before we get started I'm assuming I was going to ask like were you uh, the in the same sort of mindset as <laughs> the same sort of mindset as us but I'm assuming you didn't uh, listen to the pod like the rest of them mate so um, ah, of
1: course I did I don't fucking did but wouldn't have how shame it so... was without me <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we
2: we did
0: good for no swearing in the first 30 seconds, didn't we? Um, <laughs> what were what your thoughts going into the game and before you saw the team sheet and stuff? Were you confident
1: of a win? Yeah, of course I was. You couldn't not be confident. Villa, like, they sort of tundling along with it. They're, they haven't done terribly, but it was the whole, obviously, the beat... Uh, was it uh, Brentford wasn't it four uh, 0 that the smashed obviously you yeah. call it the new manager bounce you called the new manager bounce, but it was only the caretaker manager, so you couldn't really say that. Um bit of a juggle around, but I still thought nah, this is the way we've been performing, I'm fully expecting three points here. Um so nah, no problems as far as I was concerned, like. Yeah, well we,
0: we all predicted a win, I think. Page um was
3: it a three-one? I would like to think it was three-one. I can't really remember much of what I was chatting last week. Um, I was, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, chat shit most weeks, but um, yeah, especially so. Um, Haven't had a few drinks uh, beforehand, but yeah, I think three-one was um, confident in enough prediction in, in what I expected the uh, the end result to be. Um, so, yeah. And again, team sheet wise, when it came out, I was I was pretty confident again that, that we were going to get the the three points without too much bother. Yeah, I think Dorset. Me and you predict two nil
2: each. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the best defense in the league wouldn't concede, so I was proven right. Um, yeah. But f- funnily enough, I got a, a tip off from Australia. Um, about 12 hours before mm, the no. game. I thought it was going to be one else, so um, I put a five run it and it's printed money, really. So that's what you need to do. You just need to actually watch the match before it happens over here and make your prediction. <laughs> Shut the fuck just
0: up. Ask.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just ask Chad what the score is going to uh-huh. Um
2: right.
0: well, we'll, well, we'll move on to the team sheet then. Um, we were writing our predictions that. He'd stick with the same team. Uh saw Joe Linton back out on the left. Um he did very well in that position, I have to say. Um Pete with it, were you expecting the same team as well? Were you yeah, there was, any yeah. changes you would have made? Yeah, I,
1: I was expect no, I was expecting the same team. I know Maxi was sort of you're saying he was fit, but uh, maybe three games of three games before I'd have said, Oh Maxi walks back in, but no chance he walks back in at the minute. There's nobody that can be dropped at the minute, so I, I was fully expecting the same team. Yeah, that's that's what we predicted as
0: well. So it was it was quite an easy one, but Max, he was on the bench, wasn't he? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was like, a strong, strong bench. But yeah. Last thing, everyone's getting back to full fitness now, it's just is that we're really waiting on. Um... Obviously, John got yeah. back pretty much up full health. came on off the bench, so I think we're getting back to full fitness finally.
0: Um, you two, you two would have both been out of the game, were you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was meant to be fair. Did you see? Together. Really good. Did you see the Eddie Howe flag? Um, what do you mean the flag? There was a banner in the Leeser's corner just saying Eddie Howe's Black White Army, but then I believe. It was a one in the Gallagher, um, I think. Yeah, it
0: was one with his with his face on that, like they put on the TV over here. Which I think it's the first time he's
2: had had his own flag.
0: It oh, it. yeah. It was good to see. Yeah.
2: Uh, we were playing the Blackguard a little bit later, so would only arrived just before kick off. So we didn't really see much of the pregame. Uh, two was uh, getting steamed. Flags uh, that were going on. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, did you uh,
0: did, did you actually make it for the first half? <laughs> um, unfortunately, we
2: did, I. Yeah.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that then, because I just, see I just watched the highlights back last night, and it's funny because on the highlights, you don't it doesn't really come across what a bad first half of football that was. Um, obviously, for like a Newcastle point of view, it was pretty hard to watch. But it was all down to Villa's stoppages. Well, I say Villa, it was also partly the ref as well. He wasn't doing the game any favours. But do you think there were tactics to try and break up the game that Villa came with to try and stop us getting into our flow? Or do you think it was just the keepers genuinely injured and the, the crowd kind of get on his back and then it kind of builds from there? What were you thinking, Tom, as you watched the game?
3: Yeah, I think they did come out aiming to disrupt things and and play um, in that in that manner, uh, slow the game down. Uh, you know, I I will sort of defend it a little bit because um, only because some of our tactics away from home against some of the bigger teams have been similar um so i think villa i mean that's testament to w- how far we've come that teams like villa are heading to st james's and and looking to you know try and slow the game down and, and maybe just tr- frustrate and contain us a little bit um so i think they were aiming to do that when it came to the, obviously the big stoppage in play with martinez uh when you look back on it it does look like he takes a pretty heavy knee from Tyrone Mings um, and I thought at that point he should have just been taken off I, I'm, I am very surprised that he, he actually got through their initial concussion protocols because he it, it was a heavy collision and you could tell it was just ne- he was never going to be able to see the rest of the game through, um, he just looked pretty out of it um, so in fairness I think you know that stoppage was it was not ideal, but it, there were the little niggly ones as well, which kind of slowed the game down um, as well. I can't remember there was another Villa player who was down for quite a bit as well in that first half, so it was, it was awful. You couldn't. There was down low. all the time. Yeah, Wendell. Uh, he 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 loved to it looked like he was trying to play for a few fouls and mm. stuff, um, but. Yeah, we just couldn't get going. It, it, You could tell it affected our passing game. We were um, we were pretty poor. I think Bruno had a pretty poor first half, couldn't get anything going. Um, and we were giving the ball away quite cheaply. But yeah, we Villa dragged us down to their level, I think, in that first half. And it, it, <clears> it took probably a, a big half-time team talk from, from Eddie to turn things around, I feel.
0: Yeah, so... It was definitely, we were like trying to really force it because um, I think partly it's because we've had games at St. James's this season where we've struggled to break teams down. Um, You think like Bournemouth and games like that where we should have probably won, like we we had like a really good game, but we couldn't really make the breakthrough. So I felt, well, it came across to me like we're just forcing the passes. Um, and that was leading to stray passes. And like you say, even someone like Bruno was, was doing stray passes. So I feel like it was just that um, that was the way the team were feeling, like they, they were trying to force it. But I think that's probably partly down to the crowd. So I'll come to you, Alex. Um, what was it like in the crowd when the keeper went down? Because it came across on the TV like you really got on his back. And I was wondering is that why do you do you think they let him stay on for a little bit and he didn't go straight off do you think they did the concussion protocols properly the first time
2: well i'm going to keep it quite succinct because i'm going to agree with pagey with most of the, the points here um i think i had already started to frustrate from very early on so by the time he went down the crowd already had the backups a little bit so when yeah. he went down we just thought it was just more of this game, gamesmanship of him just wasting time. But then by the time it gets to, like, four or five minutes, you think, like, something's got to be wrong with him. Like, we were in the garage, so we were 100 yards away. We couldn't... We didn't actually see the collision between him and Mings. Um, yeah. But, like, I, I was saying to the bloke next to us, if he's taken four or five minutes to check if he's all right from a head injury, he's not going to be all right. Like, like, you should have been yeah. taken off there and then. Like, there's no, like i seen Shakira going on about it on Match of the Day. There's no excuse for not just taking him off, like, straight away. Like, and for his safety more than anything else. So the crowd, um, yeah, they were giving him quite a hostile reception. And in hindsight, <coughs> it's, it's lovely. It's like, it's so easy to see because um, you can see he's genuinely injured and he had to go off uh, 10 minutes later but um, that's why he got such a reception that he did because obviously we didn't know how bad it was and then he was allowed to come back on the pitch. So then it looked even yeah. more so that he was faking fake injury the fact that he came back on the pitch after, which might not necessarily be down to him. It's probably down to the doctors and, and the and stuff even who let him back on, which again, shouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, he should have been took straight off. And I guess I I guess it's because it's your first first team keeper that you sort of tempted to leave him on there, but mm-hmm. really there should be some sort of investigation into that to see why he wasn't like taken straight off because that's the whole point in the in the protocols in But um what you were saying there, uh, Tom about Eddie Howe's uh half time team talk. I think the big thing was that we managed to get that goal before half time, and the fact that we got the got the pen and uh, Wilson took it away, it uh, it really set us up for the second half. So kept it going, Wilson, penalty,
3: a test of character.
0: With ease. When the penalty's first given. I'll, I'll come to you, Pete. Actually, because you, you're in the ground, do you see the handball straight away?
1: No, I mean, he couldn't clearly see it. Well, I couldn't clearly see it, being four foot note. <laughs> but um, that would do with the You see, <laughs> I know. Do I'd say no? <laughs> that would do with the ten pints before. <laughs> um, I just couldn't see all the ball in front. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you seen like literally every player screaming. That was a handball. There was no protest from the Villa fans. Um the ref there's straight process no right nah he knew it straight away. He's experienced enough that like when you've seen a back of match today, you, you could see that he knew fine well it was a, a pen. I think he went over to speak to the ref as if to say like, oh, it was dead close to us, but it blatantly wasn't, like it was wasting effort. But um it was when you look back, it was a clear pen, he's almost in the air. There's, there's literally no arguing about yeah. that. But it, it couldn't have come it definitely, like I have before, it couldn't have come at a better time.
0: Yeah, and Tom, he uh, cool as a cucumber, is he? Even though they're trying to, like, waste a bit of time beforehand.
3: Oh, uh, Yeah, well, again, games and chip, as we talk about, like, you know, trying to psych him out. But, yeah, like, Wilson, a back him as well as I would have done Shearer back in the day when it comes to pens. Mm. Um, he's big he, he does just look ice cold when he's, uh, you know, Going to take a pen and obviously uh, Southgate in the crowds uh, was watching and maybe had one one eye on that in, in terms of you know including them in the in the England squad for for that reason. Um, so yeah, no, never in doubt when when he's when he's uh, when he's got a pen. He had a right smirk on his face,
1: uh, Southgate when he scored. I don't know if you've seen it on match of the day, obviously everyone was everyone around him was celebrating all that. He, he was sat next to Murdard, but Southgate had a proper smirk on his face um when he scored. I mean that couldn't mean absolutely fuck all like <laughs> but uh, well, he had a first again, goal score
3: clearly. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, his, yeah.
1: His,
0: his <laughs> got him in his fantasy
1: team.
3: Yeah, probably <laughs> nice, Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So that that we'll not spend too long on the first half, seeing as it was such a a bad half. But um, I just wanted to ask you to, with the halftime show, or whatever you want to call it. Did you see? Did you see much of Ryan Taylor and Genoa coming out, or were you at the bar? No, no, um, I
1: was seeing it was was a big announcement. I think Ryan Taylor got actually more of a cheer. The Janola, did <laughs> didn't he? Was, I don't think Janola really said much on the mic, but um, I think all the you don't want to call them old timers, but all the people who were like, obviously we were sort of still quite young when the Janola era was kicking about, yeah. But <laughs> I think all the all the blokes were all down at the bar, so all everyone remembers who was in the stadium still remembers a Ryan Taylor over the wall and all that. But uh, he was lapping it up, Ryan Taylor, like he was he was loving it.
0: Yeah but I think he's really kind of in the alm sort of the fans any because he? he's stuck around um after he's finished playing and he's always been like a big like supporter of us even after his playing career and says how much he likes the area and he's almost like one of them I don't know what the term is I'm not going to say legend but
1: <laughs> it he's really like a top your... uh,
0: yeah, cult hero uh, yeah a... um So we'll come on to Gareth Southgate's um, second bet of the day coming in, um, which is (laughs) Wilson's header. Here in Trippier's corner, Almiron sits it up for Trippier. Ah! Clearly
2: uh, a well worked corner off the training ground. Aye aye. Um I've said for a while that I'm finally a convert to all the little showpiece uh, set piece routines because I used to hate short corners. Like I used to say just lump it in the box, like get the big lads on it. But they're clearly working on these things week in, week out, and it's such an easy goal for Wilson to score. Like he knows like he's such a good porcher, right? he knows where the ball's gonna come in. Beautiful ball by Trippier, and he's literally got to hit the target. <laughs> I thought he'd missed in the ground as well. Obviously, just snuck yeah. in, but... Yeah, glad to see him. off his nose, isn't it? Uh, yeah. uh, if I hit off mine, it would have an hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, glad, glad, glad to see him get another goal in front of the England manager. I right? can't do any harm.
0: Yeah, 100%. And... It, it is it is clear to see they're the working on the, um, the set pieces a lot more since Eddie Howe and the team have come in. And we've, we've clearly, like, I think that's the second one we've we've actually scored from. That's a clear drill that we've done again and again and again. But, trick, yeah, again, as you see... Cool yeah. Or, or is it Miggy? I think Miggy gives it... Uh, yeah, Miggy backheeled it there, eh? Miggy back- oh, back- oh. Oh. But like, like you say, with, with lumping it in for the big lads, I think that actually helps us out as well because the opposition team are so scared of us doing that because we've got the likes of Dan Byrne in there, um, Sven Botman, Shaw, all these tall mm. lads. And then even when uh, Lascelles comes on, for example, he's, he's even better, actually, mm. at getting his head on corners. So, as you say... <clears throat> out of Southgate's in the crowd Pete I'll come to you do you think that spurred Wilson
1: on a bit? Um No to be honest I don't think he needed that I don't think he needs it you've, you've heard it you've we've all heard him in his interviews the, he's, the confidence he's gotten himself um, he backs himself massively to, to, to go to the World Cup and I do I, he's got the ball. Go. how can he not go Um so I, I think he's he, He's old enough, wise enough to know that he doesn't, like... If if Southgate's not there, he's still going to be watching. Do you know what I mean? He's going to be watching everything. He's got to put the performance in regardless. Um, But I think obviously getting that first goal... Gives you a bit of a boost, and the fact that we had them we had them on the run the whole game, a second goal was obviously going to come. He could have got his hat trick, could have got four. To be honest, oh, I think he was wound up like he couldn't nah, get. even Regan, he, he, he three yeah. but yeah. chances. He was frustrated. You can tell he really wanted it. Yeah, but then, I mean, I, I, I don't think he needs any sort of um, little boost um, to to make him perform like that.
0: Well, we'll come on to the. Um... Like post-match interviews later, but he actually says in his that he didn't know Southgate was there. But <laughs> Tom, do you believe that, or do you think
3: he's just saying um, that? To, uh... I think I think for a few of the players in the in the team that they, they must have all known that. Well, with World Cup round the corner, that international managers were were watching. I know uh, the Brazil manager was there, uh, Tite, uh, keeping an eye on quite a few of the Brazilians in action um so I can't, I would find it hard to believe Wilson saying that he wasn't aware Southgate was there because I, I, I reckon that was the talk in the dressing room to be honest that you know there was people there to to you know watch them and um yeah there was enough English players playing on both sides to uh, to warrant Southgate making the trip up uh, I know he doesn't or England managers haven't often uh, in the past, chosen the Compass and James's to uh, to watch um, the, the team play because because of the lack of worthwhile players um, on on our side, at least um, worthy of international football. But yeah, come on, Wilson's got to be in the picture if not already on the plane for me, um, and with the likes of Pope and Trippier as well. So, yeah, I, I find that hard to believe that he wasn't, uh, that he, he didn't think he was there.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about this as well. Do you think when, like, Gareth Southgate comes to watch a specific game, do you think he comes with, like, a full team sheet of who's English and who's eligible to play for England so that he can keep his eye on anyone? Or do you think he comes with like a, a subset of players in his mind that he's gonna gonna watch? So, for example, will Dan Burn the fact that he had such a great game, left back, and then towards the end of the game he comes centre half. Does he if he's not in his mind, does he get into his mind during that game? Um I I'd
3: think he does have, he goes with an agenda of players, um, for sure. Uh, the ones who, you know, the coaching staff of England have been keeping an eye on for, uh, for a while. Um, you know, that are in the sort of pool of players, but, um, that's, yeah, it's not been unheard of for a player to make a late run before a tournament to, um, to, to make a surprise appearance. Um, I'd say normally those are the ones who are maybe a, a younger talent than Dan Byrne, but um, it would be a, a hell of a place to make you... But I don't think he has had a call-up, has he, um, previously? Um, so to then get his first call-up to a, a tournament as big as the World Cup would be a hell of an achievement. And he's... I, I think he's not far off, to be honest. I um, don't think he would be taken for the inclusion at left back, because I just don't think he fits into the England team um, in that position, but uh, I think he's in on form far better than the than Tyron Mings, who uh, he was playing against on the weekend. Uh, I think he's a, a far better option uh, than Mings is, for sure.
0: Yeah, well, Dawson, I was going to say this, Um You've got Wilson coming up against Mings and making him look terrible. Well, does that for himself, really, doesn't he? But then you've also got like Dan Byrne in the same game just looks so much better than Tyrone Mings. Plays in the same position. Surely that's got to come into his thinking when he's picking his squad.
2: Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? He's played consistently better than Mings all season. His distribution's better. He can play better at full-back centre-half. Like He can play in a back three or, four, um, three or four. So it just seems an absolute no-brainer to me. And have you seen that? Um, there's been a few names leaked for the
1: 55-man squad and Burns yeah, in it. Yeah, don't Burns in it? Burns in it. Um, I th- right, I because think I'd it seen time. it was just... I'd seen it was like Lewis Dunk. Uh, i seen Wilson yeah. was in it. But I'd I seen a lot of talk earlier today that... Burn wasn't in it, or I'm, I'm glad you've. i have seen like, the, some names. It was um,
2: Webster, Dunk, and Welbeck from Brighton. Yeah, that um, was it. Um, Eze, <laughs> Madison, Loftus Cheek, Wilson, and Burn. I think are the, the players that I'd heard mentioned. Right. Uh,
1: I mean, but, I, I, yeah. personally, I, I think we've got the best fucking defense in the league. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How doesn't uh, it's a no-brainer? Like he's fucking massive. He's like eight foot. it, mm-hmm. it it's it's. It's a no brainer that he has to go. He might not start. He probably won't start if he went more well, than likely. Now he'll even play. But his backup
3: or uh, like it's a no brainer. No brainer. Yeah. And at those, you've said uh, um, for a while now that before Burn even came to, to the tune, that you'd take the. Uh, those three lads that you mentioned there, the, the two that are still at Brighton, Webster and Dunk and Dan Byrne, you'd have them in the England team all day and to be honest, yeah, and now now I've seen how obviously Brighton are doing really well still without Byrne and obviously Byrne slotted into our defence and made it really solid. You can just see that that is the cornerstone of that England defence could well you know have originated at Brighton and um, and and be there for um on the on the international stage. Yeah it's it's not just individually though. Like you've got Dunk Webster and obviously Burnett Newcastle now.
2: The 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 play the playing style that England players, the play out from the back, the play out under pressure, like the play a high line and they've done it for years under Potter and they're gonna continue doing it under Zerby, I think. Um it's just like a perfect mold where that could fit straight into an England side. So I just don't understand why you're getting people like Tyrone Mings getting called up who play fast in Villa who don't aren't known for a team who play up on the back and like play on the front foot all the time. It just doesn't make sense to us why Southgate would pick Tyrone Mings out of any of those players. It just doesn't make sense to us.
0: Yeah, and these guys play together. they used to playing, playing together. They know each other's style mm-hmm. of football. So you'd, you'd think like it would be a no-brainer but Obviously, Southgate's yep. got...
2: Although, you might, you might surprise us. You never know.
0: Coming yeah, we well,
2: have seen that... Burn still gets on with them. Like, when we played Brighton earlier in the season, there was a bit of scuffles. Like, Burn was, like, pushing into them, nah, like, joking nah, on, like... They were, like, laughing nah, at nah, each nah, other. They them. clearly still get on, like... So, they've got that chemistry, like, on and off the field. So, that, that, that's half the battle when all the team, especially England was, like, get on.
0: Yeah, and then, like you said Bert, earlier, Tom... Uh, Titi was in the crowd. So, one player who was hopefully playing for a spot in the World Cup is Joel Linton. So, as Wilson plays that ball through and he picks out um, Willick, I was thinking, oh, he's played the wrong pass there the better pass would have been straight at Joe Linton. He was like straight through. But then Willick plays that ball and it, it just isn't quite right for Joe Linton to get on because of his strength and his his pressure on the defenders. It obviously spills back out to Wilson, <clears throat> who takes a shot. And then luckily Joe Linton's carried on his run and he slots it home. And it's, it's great to see him get a goal, isn't it? Especially in front of the, the Brazil manager.
1: Yeah, I thought Willock's, I was a bit worried about Willock's past leg. I was like, oh, absolute waste. I didn't have the legs on it. But like you say, thanks to big Joe's strength, um, he's battled for it and it came out to Wilson. Um, but it is good to see Joe Litton get his... I think actually, I'm sure that's he's, oh, he it's his... Oh, is his first of the season? Is It's the first of the season? I am sure. I've seen a start like this, though. We're 10th the for the season. Well, I, that. I was going to say, I thought it was the, the first at St. James's, but you could be right there, like...
3: Um, yeah.
1: Maybe he's been scoring them all.
3: Yeah, I think that of any player who was wanting um, that boost from a manager, international manager, there, I think Big Joe definitely sees that opportunity. Um, uh, he's He's been talked about on the cusp of that Brazil team for the last 12, 18 months. With, he's a, well, well, is that just by tune fans, though? Well, maybe, 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 but um, I think they're crying out for somebody in that um position
1: for fuck's sake. No,
2: they've got Douglas Luiz, who just conceded four against the tune.
1: <laughs> Douglas Luiz no. and
2: fucking
3: Fred, how are they
1: <laughs>
3: Exactly. So, you know, get a nice little balance in there with Joe and Bruno, uh, Brazil will be all right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was proper chuffed for him. Like, he was... Um, He's he's won Especially that he was playing uh, In that further advanced position um, That could offer him the opportunity To, to get a goal um, I think he Yeah It was ultimately deserved Despite it being Maybe a bit fortuitous And how it popped back out to him Like that But yeah He was determined I thought he had a great game in s- general Despite the goal Yeah he did Very good game
2: uh, And even getting yeah. moved back into centre midfield Like he showed his versatility again Mm-hmm. And he played well in both positions, so credit to him. Like he's showing off like all his assets in front of the Brazil boss Tite. Yeah, did you see
0: the uh, the ball boy when Joelinton runs into the corner to celebrate? I don't know if any is caught it, but he absolutely no. shits himself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. You've you seen the look on his face, he didn't know what to do, did he? His eyes were fucking right. wide open, he's never clue what to do. He's got you. big yeah, to and the down down the towards him. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: right.
2: I'd probably do the yeah, same if I'd a Brazilian in my face.
3: <laughs> oh, <go on>, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, man. Slow burn um,
0: while on the subject of uh, Joe Linton, we'll just briefly talk about that um, that foul in the second mm-hmm. half. Yeah, it leads to uh, another yellow card. <laughs> you know, the other one. Um, he just, yeah, he just totally clears them out. Which, to be honest, absolutely love, but. It does mean he's going to um, be suspended for a game, but mm. it means he's suspended against Southampton and then back in for the Chelsea game. Yeah, I saw him at the end of the end of the game. He was he was talking to the referee, and I think he was complaining. Um, not really sure why, but it looked like he was, <laughs> he was trying to say, you know, he didn't want the suspension, which I'm assuming is because if he gets through like the next two games without one. Is that when they get reset due to the World Cup? But um anyway, no, yeah, we're gonna, gonna yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss them um, next week for sure. But do you think do you think do you agree, Tom, that it's better we we miss them against <laughs> Southampton than Chelsea? Uh,
3: yeah, obviously we'd want them in there for both clearly, but uh, I think the the physical battle in the Chelsea game in the midfield is going to be much more needed for him to be there. Um, I think we could cope, um, and obviously with John Joe coming back um, for another cameo appearance again, um, plus Maxi as well. They're two players who could uh, fit back into the team at, um, and fill in where Joe Linton's not going to be in for the Southampton game. Uh, probably... I would like to see Maxi just on form against Southampton come back in um, for that one, um, and then uh, yeah, just keep the same midfield three uh, that we started with um, for against Villa. But yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? He he plays so close to the line that you you know he is going to pick up yellow cards quite frequently. So um, it's just in some ways just hoping that they don't fall on games that. Uh, where you will miss him loads, so uh, I think we'll be all right against Southampton without him. Uh, but I'm glad he'll be back for the Chelsea game.
0: It'll be interesting to see actually if Eddie Howe manages him in that way. You know, like if he's at risk of a suspension and we've got like a you know, arguably easier game, whether he rests him and stuff like that um, in the second half of the season. But we'll come on to a man whose celebrations could scare no more, boy. And that's Miggy Almiron. Um, well, take that one out.
1: Wilson having a look around. Almiron. He's a man in the mood
3: too. Wow. What is just
1: we uh, I was... Uh, Another absolute scream from Miggy. like um It just seems like every time he's in that position, I think Dawson said it loads of times, you're just expecting him to score now. He opens up his body, bang, top corner, no problem. Um but we had a we had a perfect view from the guy like a corner, like it um you seen it bend straight in. It was uh it was fantastic. It almost felt like it was out of nowhere. I don't know. Um it's weird to describe All of a sudden Miggy's on the ball and he's he's cut inside yeah. the like, it seemed it seemed quite
3: um, <clears throat> quite well, quick for me. Wilson him.
0: actually um, sells him short, and it means he he has to come inside for the ball. And I think that's yeah, why I think right. it, I, I think that's why it eludes the defenders a little bit as well. Is because you're expecting Miggy to go out onto the wing, but because the pass uh-huh. has actually not got that much on it.
1: Yeah, you're, uh, you're probably right. I right. so that's it's it's almost the, the the bad pass is almost broken up play, but obviously Miggy being quick and alert, and it's actually. In, Prime for his left foot, um, it, it it all happened uh pretty quick. But like you say, you mentioned these celebrations. He absolutely loves playing for the tune Him absolutely loves it. He loves running over the fans, and it's like it makes you. I, I think I said uh, I said to you in the in the chat. I watched the match back the other night, um, and you can't help but smile when you when you see him score and celebrating. You can't help but smile. And it's just a a great feeling. Even, even sort of after the celebrations, all the players are walking back to their half. Miguel turn around and look at the fans and put his arms out and smile like he's absolutely loving life. And it's it's great to see because we all know he's had he's had a lot of stick um, in his time here. Um, But now um, it all fall into place, and I don't think anyone would be happier.
2: I I don't want to get carried away, but he's like a prime iron Robin. (laughs) <laughs> he's so one-footed you know what he's going to do you just All can't right. stop him like when I like cuts inside and just whacks it in the far corner like that or when he goes down the line he's like so fucking sharp he's that confident
1: he actually had a shot with his right foot which unfortunately got saved but he had a shot with his right. right foot I, <laughs> we
2: can not
3: believe
2: it's fantastic to see like like he's playing so well getting the goals um unstoppable undroppable oh. that's the thing like Apparently, we were looking for a right winger in the summer. There's still talk about we're looking for one in January. He's playing on no. the skin to keep
1: yeah, that he's, he, he's set one of the first names on the sheet now, hasn't he?
0: Aye. Um, sure. And I have to reiterate what I was saying last week. I definitely give credit to Kieran Trippier for his uh, upturn in form as well. And one thing that I forgot when we were talking about it last week was Trippier can actually speak Spanish, can't he? From his time playing over there. Mm, so, yeah, I can imagine true. that yeah. that really helps Miggy out because we were saying a few episodes ago, Miggy's English isn't the best. So, I mean, yeah, his turnaround is absolutely amazing. He's definitely got to win goal of the month for October
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I'm oh, sure he'll one? be the only content. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. won. he's won player of the month for Newcastle, hasn't he? Yeah, oh, it's probably, yeah I've
0: seen that live. Yeah. I'd seen Eddie
1: Harvey about, about, about that as well. <coughs> Go on, mate. So I was, ju- I was just going to say, mate, you've actually brought up a point there which I don't think has been highlighted enough. The fact that I think Trippier, like you, Trippier has almost moulded them and helped them helped so much, just like he did with Maxi. Maxi actually came out and said that Trippier has helped me so much, blah, blah, blah. And you could say it in his game. I don't think it's been talked about enough how much Trippier has helped Miggy on what they do and stuff like that. So that's a, I think that's a very good point that he just made up there, Like,
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, he's got to have helped quite a few players in the team just with his general presence and his experience and stuff, but he's <laughs> definitely linking up with Miggy and he's, um, yeah, you, you can tell, <clears throat> I was saying this last week, but you can tell that since he's got regular football in the team, Trippier, because obviously he picked up that bad injury last season that is coincided with Miggy's upturn in form as well and like Miggy yeah. was starting to play better towards the end of uh, last season which you know you can't say it isn't down to him it isn't down to Eddie Howe's coaching and stuff like that but he he still wasn't getting the numbers he wasn't getting the goals and the assists stuff and I think Trippier's
2: really helping him bring out the best in his game mm. um well like, one one thing I said like Probably like pre takeover was that we weren't getting enough goal contributions from the midfield. Like it was a real problem. Like Shelby, Willock, Maggie, when he played centre mid like we just weren't getting goals or assists. Now you've got obviously Almiron's playing a bit higher. Bruno's chipping in all the time. Willock, like even though he didn't directly get any this game, he won the ball off Douglas Louise for the first goal when yeah. um, he won a ball off the on the edge of their box to pass Wilson in, who then give it to Miggy, And then he, he broke the player to, to get the third goal as well and he just drives forward. Um, and I thought Sean Longstaff also had a fantastic game. Yeah, um, massive. That was massive, really game. solid. He was, he was absolutely everywhere.
1: He's and such a workhorse.
2: Yeah. By the end of the game, they were just, they'd give up. They'd literally yeah. give up. Like, I think when it <clears> went <throat> to 2-0, even,
1: they just didn't seem interested. No. We like, were saying at the match, weren't we? We were like, he's yeah. down tools here. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that, that's why I was so
0: like I was so pleased to see us get a goal before half-time because you just knew that when the second it, half like, coming out they were just going to be like the <clears> shadows <throat> of themselves, and as soon as we got that second one, you, as you say, like they just they just come to ask. And you think as well that's probably partly to do with the fact that the new manager's not in yet either. <clears throat> it's like. Just thinking, ah, oh, fuck it, this game's gone. Um, but when you you talk about uh, Sean Longstaff, I'm, I'm glad you brought him up and we can give him some credit this week. I yeah, was, definitely. I was looking through like the, the stats and the XG from the game. Um, and one name that kept being towards the top was Sean Longstaff. So we've got Bruno and Trippier with the most touches in the game. Then Longstaff's got the most tackles. And he's he's clearly in there and Eddie's asking that that's like more part of his game. Like that's one of the things he's in there to do. But then also he's second for progressive passes after Bruno, which surprised me a little bit. But this is this is the good thing with like looking back over the match stats and stuff, because there's there's certain things that you don't always get with your eye. Um and that's for me he's one of them. And then um they were also first and second for receiving passes, so he's obviously looking for the ball as well. He's wanting the mm-hmm. ball in midfield, which is great to see. Um, and then just wanted to give a special mention to Botman because he, he won 100% of his aerial duels again.
1: Uh, also an honest, absolute
0: unsung hero. Yeah. I mean, what a player he is. and He's still so young as well, so what a player he's going to be. Uh,
2: like- what oh, that age, is he so good. Like, he's, yeah, he's absolutely faultless. And I just love like the like the centre half switching the ball like so often. Mm-hmm. Like, just to open up play, you see it all the time. Bot Botman switches it to Trippier, and Shaw switches it to the left, whether it's Joe Linton or or Dan Byrne. Like, it just opens up play so much, mm-hmm. and like they back on with it like so often as well. I love to see like the completion of long passes, um, but defensively again. They didn't have a
1: shot on target. They didn't have a corner. Like it's it was a walk in the park.
3: It's almost yeah.
1: we we've stopped talking as so as much about the defence mm-hmm. because it's been so consistent and so good. We're we're on about our oh, Bruno's class, Joe Linton, miggy yeah. but the defence. It's just like it's almost like the norm now that they are fucking fantastic. Um, but like we're, we're, we keep going on about Botman. You can't. I think we've run out of words to describe him because he's he's so good and he's so naturally good. It, it's like, he's a fucking superstar. He's, he's, an, he's an absolute superstar. He's
3: a uh, yeah, superstar, I, right? I, I was so excited that it, for us to have completed that deal in the summer. I know, obviously, we were looking at him heavily in January, but to, to see that one come through in the summer was just... He's a cornerstone for where we we're gonna be in five, ten years. Hopefully, if he st- stays around for that long, but um, for the for the next sort of short term and mid term future for, of the tune Botman's gonna be there. And you know, there's the the value of of a left footed centre half is high already. But to have somebody already at twenty two. Future performing captain. like Yeah, he is, he is probably at I that so. level of, of of being being a future captain. He's you could you could tell he just goes about his business so calmly and never looks like he's he's just a Rolls Royce of a defender and you know they normally don't get to that bit until uh you know Van Dyke I would say was probably twenty seven, twenty eight before I think everybody started to notice how good a centre-half he was when he went... he's a fucking fraud, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. He's he's, he's there alongside Botman maybe, for for the Dutch uh, national team at the World Cup. We'll we'll see if that happens, but um, I think he's the future of of our team long-term, and definitely future for for the Dutch national team as well. Yeah, I like as well...
0: How passionate he is already, and he's he's giving other people shit. And he's like, when we've when we have not cl- kept a clean sheet, you can see how he's screaming and he's shouting at people. And he's like, he's so young, but he's not like he's not like a a young man. He's he's like mature and he's he's not afraid to say what he thinks to the other players. So you would expect him to be leading that line one day, and possibly leading out the whole team, as you say. So, was there any anything else you wanted to mention on the game before we, we move on to post-game? Uh,
3: I think we've generally covered it. I, Go on, I will now, because you, you, you've completely forgotten about my favourite player, um, Jacob mm-hmm. Baird. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. uh He, I know he, he had a run in the first team and out of necessity and, you know, I think he, he, he didn't disgrace himself too much. Um, I know, again, he, he's one of them players who, who gets a lot of grief for his <clears throat> maybe lack of end quality and everything else. Um, but, coming off the bench, he he really, I mean, he, Ashley Young had had a terrible game anyway, but, you know, he he gave Matty Cash and Ashley Young a horrible time um, when he came on. Obviously, hit the post with a he was very unfortunate um and uh yeah it did great to to cut down the byline and and stand up a a wonderful cross which wilson i think would love to have had back again because i think he would have definitely buried it for the hat trick um but yeah I i just wanted to give a bit of credit again that off the bench as an impact murphy um was was great and after the game as well um in the tunnel, um, just showing pure passion, um, you know, for, for for getting that result as well. I think there was a clip of him just uh, all the players coming back in off the pitch to the dressing room, and he's there, you know, screaming, and pro- you could probably tell how much it means um, as a player and obviously as a fan as well that he is of the tune um to got the got the results so you yeah can tell he loves it like yeah definitely he's, he's
1: he's he's another one who's thriving at the minute Like i mean it helps that a team's thriving i know he's been unlucky hitting the post every now and then uh he's not he's not a he's not a world beat like, we all know that he puts a graft in but it's i'm glad Paz you mentioned that because i'd actually forgotten watching the match Yeah, yeah, he looked very good when he came on. Some cracking runs, some great crosses, great balls in. Unlucky with a couple of his shots, but uh, I agree with Paige Alley. He, he did have a great game when he came on. Massive impact. Eddie's mags, breaking records. First team to make six subs in the Prem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't even
3: realize in the ground either. <laughs> uh, I, I, <laughs> I didn't realize watching it. The last after the game. Yeah. Well, yeah. They don't- they, they don't really announce. I mean, the commentators um, for for us. Um, I mean, Sam watching. They did mention that there was a obviously the concussion sub that was used for uh, Martinez, but um, I didn't actually realise that. That then um, gives you the that team that another one. Gives yeah. the other team another one. Mm. I knew I knew it would, but then I suppose it they have to Fair it would be yeah. unfair to. to yeah, not. I do not know that rule.
1: Yeah,
3: um, yeah. It was um, weird. Though but to does that see mean? So many. But
1: going about the concussion, does that mean that Martinez misses the next game because he's gone off a concussion?
2: He, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be playing for a week. I think
1: there's Yeah, is it, I it might, it might or be or right all? there in my eye. So I'm. I'm yeah. Yeah. So he, so been he been misses playing for another week. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was the case. Like, because it's happened to outfield players when they've mm-hmm. um, had to go off a concussion and then they've mm-hmm. missed the game. But um, I was just wondering that's so. all. Well, oh that
0: means uh, Emery's gonna have a subkeeper for his first game. No, Abe
3: uh, mm-hmm. Olsen would look very poor to be honest. <laughs> Coming on, he didn't look he looked very rusty. So you know what? Yeah. Annoyed me as well, is um
0: I think I put this on the group chat during the game, is the subkeepers like not even ready to come on by the time like they make the substitution, even though the medical staff's been on and it's like, five, ten minutes later that he gets subbed off. Surely the medical team should be like, get your strip ready, lad. And that, that's probably another thing that frustrated Get the, your strip the crowd. ready, lad.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he didn't
0: have tape on, like, he was putting tape on under his shinies and that. He's like, how am I, like, you've had five minutes to
1: get ready. To be fair, you uh, keep that, hey. because you keep us only you get your one position, so you keep be ready to go from the off for me like for things like that I would
0: feel pretty yeah, yeah, as soon uh, as you okay, see the main roll. keeper go down like that might be why he was so yeah. crap as well is he didn't even warm up did he he just sat in his track here on the bend
3: <laughs> Wait, there's, sorry, <laughs> sorry, there's <laughs> not <laughs> there's not many areas Wait. for him to properly warm up though so he's not, not going to be taking shots on the uh, on the sidelines waiting for his opportunity but. Yeah, no, he was crap. So, thanks for yeah, that. We'll page. move on from him. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> we'll expect him to do some high knees <laughs> or something. Then.
0: <laughs> um, so just 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 before we wrap up. Um, <laughs> so after after the game, we're still sat in the Champions League spots. We're fourth in the Premier League. Still ahead of Manu. one point ahead of Manu. We we're only two points behind Spurs, which oh, I was good. Like they, they were getting beat two 0 at one point, and we were in third, and they came back to win three two away to uh, Bournemouth, I think it was. Gotta um, be yeah. There, was- but listen, lads, we're still fourth. The feeling around the club, it's just amazing at the minute. Yeah, um, I don't think there's there's much else to say really on on this. Aston Villa catch up. So, guys, if you want to like, subscribe, you can follow us on social media at St. James Pod. And you can catch us in the next episode, which will be a look ahead to Southampton away. See
2: you then, guys. Up oh, the badge. <laughs>